I work in health and nutrition and so, and how I was raised, probably. Oh, Lord, you one of those eat the broccoli. You got to eat the broccoli. Yeah. Yes. You're listening to the Nacho Kids Podcast, where we discuss all things step family related real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims. Welcome to episode 226 of the Nacho Kids Podcast. What's up, folks? What's up? So, David, what we got going on? Um, all kind of stuff. There's always something going on. Boomeranging youngins, all <gasps> kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll talk more about that um, after they boomerang back out. <laughs> <laughs> Give you a, a, a post feedback. Yeah. Cause whoo, Lord. Yeah, post event. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, thank you for my nacho skills. Yes. Yeah, yeah. no kidding. Woo. You will use them the rest of your life. Maybe not with your stepkids, but with other people. Yeah, and you do have a story. I don't know if you want to share it now or not about the the ribbons. <gasps> okay, so I'll tell y'all the story fairly quickly because I don't know how long it's going to be halfway quiet in here. But anyway, uh, Kay, Avery's wife, we take turns cooking. So she cooks two nights a week and I cook two nights a week. I hate cooking as everybody that's ever listened to this podcast knows. And I decided to make these spinach ravioli things with bell peppers and zucchini ribbons and all this stuff. Right. So I was going all out. It wasn't hamburger helper. That's what I'm saying. So I sit there, and I have all my ingredients, and then I take, what do you call it, I think the peeler, mm-hmm. and I peel all my zucchini ribbons. 30 minutes peeling zucchini ribbons. So when you're making zucchini ribbons, you get to where the seeds are, and you stop, right? Because you don't want mm-hmm. seeds in the ribbons. So I had this huge pile of zucchini ribbons. And next to that, I had... The cut-off ends of the zucchini, the cut-off ends of the Roma tomatoes, you know, all this stuff, right? And I was just running around crazy. And so Kay said, I'm going to go ahead and throw this stuff out to the deer. I said, okay. Didn't think anything about it. I turn around a few minutes later to get my zucchini noodles to put in the pan. They're gone. (laughs) They are in the yard. Now, I know it was an accident. It was not done intentionally, but I was a bit upset. It had been some trying times earlier that day, plus the fact I don't like cooking. (laughs) And I honest to goodness thought about going outside and getting those things out of the yard and rinsing them off to use them. (laughs) The funny thing was, like, everybody was like, yeah, you should have done that. (laughs) Because they'd only been out there a few minutes by this point, right? Yeah. I mean, think about it. Most of your vegetables come out of the ground anyway, right? <laughs> well, yeah. So, I didn't. I didn't do that. Instead, I told everybody supper was ready, and I left. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you did. I had to have a break. So, I went to the store and got more zucchini. And... Later that night, I sent Kay a message, and I said, please don't think I'm mad at you. 
I know it was not intentional. I know it was an accident. I had just had a crappy day, and this will be funny tomorrow. (laughs) And it was funny tomorrow or the next day because Mm -hmm. I went to go do the zucchini ribbons to add to the meal, right? And she got close to them, and I snatched them like, don't you get near my zucchini ribbons, lady. (laughs) Yep, so that'll be the joke for years and years to come. Yeah, yeah. And uh, But she was trying to help, and I appreciate her trying to help. And so recently, I cooked a pot roast, and I had extra carrots and potatoes that I needed to throw out in the yard to the deer. But she didn't offer to help me. (laughs) (laughs) That's because you trained her. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, I taught her how to... Um, not help me. <laughs> yeah, now she knows how I feel. Ah, so yeah. Um, like I said, we'll talk more about this at some other point. But it's been um interesting. It's it's a lot different than it was when Kay and Avery stayed with us two years ago because they didn't have baby G. Mm-hmm. So now we have baby G. Um, his new name is the Screaming Giddy, <laughs> as you could probably hear in the background. <laughs> <laughs> so now, do y'all not only get to hear our dogs bark, you get to hear the screaming giddy. <laughs> and baby Layla's here, and she might scream, but yeah. it's um, usually because Gideon ran her over with something. But that's a whole other story. <laughs> or she's getting a diaper change or her nose sucked out or something. Yeah, yeah. It was funny. I was in the, you don't know this, but I was in the garage last night, and I was watching a movie. And uh, Jackson come out there and he sit down beside me. He said, it's too loud inside. I'm going to stay here with you for a while. (laughs) I have spent more time in the garage (laughs) in the last two months than I have since you've had it. Yep. Even just to go out there and sit for five minutes. Yep. And what's funny is we really kind of thought our house was crazy before everybody moved back. Because we've got the dogs, right? <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Well, just think about it. I mean, that's changed our whole perspective. So when it's now goes back to just us and the dogs, we're going to be like, oh, wow, it's so calm and peaceful around here. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> the funny thing is, if you think about it, like me having a bad relationship prior to you helped me to appreciate you more. Mm-hmm. Them being here and there being a lot of noise, we'll say. It has taught us to appreciate quiet. Yep. But it's it's interesting, like for me, um, when all the kids were here, I I enjoyed the noise. It was like, oh, the house is so alive. And I guess with them being gone for so long, you you your taste change. And so when they come back and they're loud, you're like, Oh, I need to go find somewhere else to go. It's too loud. <laughs> yeah. And so David leaves me in here, and he goes to the garage. But anyway, for all of you that have had boomerang kids and stepkids, we 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 there with you. We there with you. Yeah. And for those of you who think that they leave and never come back, no, I mean, that's true for some, not for others. That's right. But it's okay. So, Learn to nacho, and it will help oh, you. Yeah. It's, it's always okay. You mm-hmm. know, the... I love the, you know, comma, it's okay. So um, you just have to learn how to deal with it and how to do it constructively. 
not where it drives you absolutely insane or you're about to get a divorce or leave your significant other and all this kind of stuff. And it's just one painful moment after another. And that all comes down to how you understand how to navigate this and other things that cause you stress. Mm -hmm. And you and I did talk about before they moved in. And I told you that my biggest concern was Jackson's school being affected because he's got to study. He's got to keep his grades up to keep his scholarships. And he's got to um, have online calls. And so that was something we discussed before. And so we are working to make that happen. We want to put him in the garage. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I even offered for him to go upstairs to your computer one day. But that's the other thing. You're upstairs. Mm -hmm. You don't hear it as much as I do. Not as much, but I tell you, it carries. Oh, yeah. So, but it's it's, it's good. It's all good. Yeah. This is going to be one of those things where I'll probably miss it a little bit once we're gone. I miss the being able to literally walk downstairs and play with my grandson for a few minutes while I got a little break. It's not the screaming I'll miss, but it is the ability to to be able to spend time with with them, my my sons and my and my grandkids. Mm-hmm. You know, just to, at a moment's notice, seeing them come home each night, having dinner with them, I enjoy all that. Yep. Just a different stage of the blend. Yes, it is. And there'll be others. Yep. All right. Enough of that. Our guest today is stepmom Jacqueline. She has been blending for three years. Two stepkids, 50-50. Three bio kids, 50-50. She found us and started nachoing. We do talk about how the middle child feels left out. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's something that we don't talk about a lot is the dynamics of how all this can affect the kids. But the kids overall get along. But she says she found our podcast and it clicked. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. <laughs> that wasn't a click. <laughs> like a doorbell. <laughs> <laughs> but she's been not showing four months. So let's get to listening to how this is working with her. All right, let's get to listening. Okay. Today we have stepmom Jacqueline Potter. Hey, Jacqueline, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. So, Jacqueline, tell us a little bit about your blend. So, I have been married since September of last year. I have a 19 year old, I had to think, I have a 19 year old son a 13-year-old and 11-year-old daughters. And then my husband has a 10-year-old and a 7-year-old, both daughters. Oh, wow. We have a lot. Yes. Is your bio son still in the home? So he is. He is finally leaving for college in August. Okay. How often do you have the other kids? So we do 50-50. I initially started, when I started my divorce, I didn't know anything different. And so we just did 80-20. And it was right before COVID started. And so I met my now husband and he had 50-50. And I was like, well, that's interesting. And so we tried 50-50. He was one that did not 
like to pay child support. So we did 50-50. And so everyone is on the same schedule. So we have one week on, one week off with kids. Okay. It makes sense that when you first got separated or divorced that you didn't think about 50-50 because I don't know how long ago that was, but it used to be just every other weekend the dad got them. Yeah. Yeah. I I never knew anyone that ever had 50-50 until I met him. Yeah. (laughs) I love how you said that your ex just wasn't one that liked to pay child support. (laughs) No, he is not. (laughs) I had one of those. (laughs) Thank goodness my kid just turned 18, so we're good. Oh yeah, it's it 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 was happening at the beginning. Yeah, and that's always a struggle. Yeah. So you meet this man. How long had you been separated when you met your now husband? We had separated in November of 2018, and I met my now husband in the end of June 2019. Okay, so almost a year. Yeah. Okay. And how did you feel about getting involved with someone that had kids? So that was something that I wanted. And it's funny because now that I'm a part of Stepmom Pages and your page on Facebook, I see a lot of women who talk about that they didn't want someone with children. But that was something that I wanted. I knew that I wanted someone that had experience and especially having three children at the time. That's what I was kind of looking for in someone. Right. That's kind of like me. I wanted somebody that would understand when my child was sick that, no, we're not going out. Right. Right. Understand the responsibility of being a parent. Right. And I had dated someone very briefly before my now husband and his kids were older and he was going, I just, I don't like that. And I was like, well, this is not going to work. Yeah. So it was nice to have, even though all of our daughters are very close in age, it was nice to have someone that is going through the thick of it in parenting just as much as you are. Right. Yes. And let's talk about how your ex and how his ex responded to <laughs> you going coming in the picture and your future husband coming in the picture. Let's discuss that. <laughs> so my ex and we had a very toxic marriage. I met him when I was 17. We got married as soon as I graduated high school because I found out I was pregnant. And so I basically grew up with him. Mm-hmm. And so it was, it was always this underlying message of you're doing something, you're seeing someone else, like that whole kind of not banter, but accusations all the time of cheating and affairs. And so when we separated, he really thought that we were going to wind up back together and so when I met my now husband, he was going, I, you met him while we were still married. And it was like this huge ordeal, which was not the case what, whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And so I told my now husband, I was like, he's, he's probably not going to want to meet you. He is not going to be overly friendly. And so my husband was like, no, I am going to, I am going to do this. He's going to love me. Yes. It's. <laughs> He went up there. We were like at all at like a track event. 
for one of the kids. And my husband reached out and tried to shake his hand and it did not go how it was expected. Oh, no. So my husband then realized there was not going to be a relationship there. Now, his, my husband and his ex-wife had the dream of having this very big blended co-parenting. Mm-hmm. So at the beginning, I had, of course, really no interaction with her. But when I went to one of the girls' soccer games, she apparently had cried, called crying after that, that it was hard seeing me around the kids. And then she kind of started regulating that I couldn't take pictures with the kids, like just me and the kids. There would have to be someone else in the picture. And so that kind of started the rockiness between me and her, because on one hand, she wanted this huge blended look, but then it was like everything that Jacqueline is doing I don't like, and I feel really insecure about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it was, it was rough. And I mean, there are still moments that it's rough, but it was more rough in the beginning. Yeah. And it's hard to understand why she wanted to play one big happy family. But it, once you've been in this mess, you realize it's because she wanted control. Exactly. It was very much a helicopter in control. Like when we were dating, our divorce had not been settled yet. I think we were still in like the the probation period. And so I had just tagged him like in a concert or some type of like Facebook event. Mm-hmm. And she had it and apparently texted him and said she needs to be careful because her divorce is not settled yet. Oh, really? Oh, well, so... Yeah, it was very. And so even for a long time, my husband still wanted this kind of like blended look. And I was like, I'm sorry, I can't go back from how we started. I just can't. Right. And that's not how I ever envisioned my co-parenting. My ex and I, we very much parent differently. We parallel parent. Mm -hmm. We just really don't have communication. Right. Yes. Oh, I get that, girl. 100%. Yes. (laughs) Did y'all move in together before you got married? We did. We dated. We took an entire year. So we dated. And then at around, I think, month five, we met the kids. We met the kids separate. So he met mine. And then I met his. And then we brought them all together to like a kid's like jump place. Mm -hmm. Took that fairly slow. And then at the one-year mark, we moved in together. Okay. And could you see a shift in things when y'all moved in together versus how things were before you moved in together? Because often when there's changes like that, things reset. So for instance, things are good. You move in together. All of a sudden, things aren't so good. You get things back better, and then you get married, then all of a sudden it resets it. Yes. It was like, (laughs) we thought that we had really taken time, and it was like, yes, this is how our parenting styles are. This is, these are important things for me and important things for him. And then when we moved in, it is like what you said. It was like we knew nothing about each other. Mm -hmm. But he... 
he babied him and his ex were very much in like babying their children. Whereas I never did that with mine. Mm -hmm. And so that was always like, I, when my kids are in public, they know how to behave. We're from the South. You have table manners, like all of this stuff that was very important to me. And I learned that things that were important to me were not important to him and vice versa. And so like, I never had really a a set bedtime schedule for my kids. I don't know why. I just didn't. Right. But one for him was he wanted a strict time that everyone lays down and everyone goes to bed. Like all devices are gone. And so it was really learning and then kind of going, okay, where can I slow my role a little bit? And really kind of uplift him and respect what he's wanting and vice versa. Mm -hmm. So yes, it was. And then even when we got married, and that's when I really started nachoing, I found your podcast. And it again, when we got married, it was almost like a reset as well. Isn't that funny? Yes. I was like, who are you? Yes. (laughs) And it's not just a reset with them. It's a reset with the kids. Right. Yeah. And you're thinking, wait a minute, little Johnny. You loved me yesterday. (laughs) But now I marry your daddy and I'm the evil (laughs) stepmama. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's been interesting. To say the least, right? Very much. (laughs) I think a lot of times what happens is the kids are okay with a girlfriend. Then you move in, and all of a sudden, it's like, wait a minute, she moved in. And then you get married, and that just solidifies the fact that the parents are not going to get back together. Right. Well, and at the beginning, his kids, my kids did not, and I don't know if it's just because they saw how toxic we were, but his kids were younger. And there were many times when we were dating where they would say that they wanted them to all live together. And then it became to that they wanted all of us to live together. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> That's not how this works. But yeah. And it's, I think we forget too, that there are, also trying to understand and relearn this entire life and what they're used to. Right. Yeah. We forget that they're going through these changes too. Right. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times we don't think about what the stepkids are going through. We just know what we're going through. Right. But we have more of the verbiage to say it and then they don't quite know how to say it. Right. So... Now, granted, there's 12 years difference between your oldest son and the youngest stepkid. Yes. What was the relationship like between the kids? So it's funny. We came just came back from a cruise on spring break, and it was all of us because it will likely be my son's probably last-ish trip with us. Uh-huh. And it was funny because... Him, my oldest and the youngest 
would like really kind of pair up like at dinner. They sat together. He taught her how to play chess one night. And so that is, that was very interesting Yeah, to see and kind of cool because I know she, with her being the youngest, sometimes she kind of might feel left out. Mm-hmm. Sometimes though, between, because the, my three or hit my two girls and his daughter are all so similar in age. Sometimes that will be an issue, mm-hmm. but the youngest and the oldest, it's, it was very sweet to watch on the trip. That is sweet. Yeah. Now what about the other kids? So my, my middle child who's 13, she, I, middle children are so interesting. I'm one. <laughs> Are you? I am. You guys are special. (laughs) Yes, we are. But now I'm going to tell you something. I read the book about birth order. Okay. And it says that if there's a gap between the kids of five years or more, then that child that's born after those five years actually has the it's almost like a reset there with the birth order. Even though they're the middle child, they have middle child tendencies, but they're also technically kind of the older child because of the age gap. Does that make sense? Yeah. I might have to read that. Yeah. Read it and let me know what you think, because it boiled down to me that I'm like, well, anybody can fall anywhere (laughs) is what it came down to. (laughs) Well, she really struggles because her and her sister are, less than two years apart. And so she is one where like they're going to Disney with my parents in the fall. And she's one where she's like, okay, I want us to wear matching outfits every day. We're going to look the same. And then my youngest, my youngest daughter is like, no, we're, we are not. Mm -hmm. And my, my middle child, like, sometimes will struggle with my youngest and his oldest sometimes playing together, but not including her. Uh, Uh, But aside from that, really, they all overly get along. What a blessing. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, I want to go back to this middle child and us being special. Oof, man. (laughs) Is she a bossy little thing? She is. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's a trait. (laughs) Well, and even because they all play soccer. And so even like at her soccer games, like her coach will go like, will yell her name and will tell her to do something. And she's like, what? I'm doing it. And I was like, you need to calm yourself down. (laughs) What? I'm not doing anything. Yeah. (laughs) So, yes, middle, middle children. Or at least her. But then I, I have heard that second children in particular are kind of the more interesting out of the group. <laughs> so what made you decide to look into not showing or look for help, I guess? So I was really struggling with a things that were important to me that were being overlooked by my husband as far as parenting. Like, for instance... I work in health and nutrition and so, and and how I was raised probably. Oh Lord, you one of those eat the broccoli. You got to eat the broccoli. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I take one meal, you eat that meal 
and then you can fix something on your own. But I am not McDonald's and I am not going to fix 20 different meals. Mm-hmm. And whereas he, he was big on like chicken nuggets and, and processed foods and just kind of fixing whatever they wanted. And I got to the point between that as well as just my struggles with the ex-wife of as naturally as a woman wanting to be a part of it. And then for a while, I did insert myself Mm -hmm. in co-parenting. I felt like I was going crazy Mm -hmm. and I didn't know really where to turn to aside from the stepmom pages. And then I I'm huge on personal development. And I was like, I bet there's a podcast on this. And so I happened to find your podcast and that's when it all really started clicking was that I did not have to parent. I did not have to, well, I mean, I do have to parent, but like I did not have these two children and inserting myself in their co-parenting and then letting my insecurities flare up and things that had happened in the past as far as things that she had said or I knowing that she didn't like me. Because as soon as I would see, I would want to be a part of a three-way text, mm-hmm. but th- as soon as I would see her name pop up, I would have this wave of anxiety. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like I was just hitting my head against a wall over and over again until I finally realized and it all clicked. Mm-hmm. Isn't it nice when it clicks? Yes. I felt like I immediately had like this wave of breath of fresh air. Yeah. Like the weight of the world is lifted off your shoulders. Yes. Mm-hmm. And not because I would start like thinking about one thing. Well, well, she did. She said this to me. And now I feel like you don't stick up for me, but you're sticking up for her. And then it would be like this huge mental game within myself. Mm-hmm. And I would work myself up. And I knew that I, I knew that I was doing it, but I didn't know how to stop. And so when I finally realized, like I I did not have a child with with her and they can co-parent how they view as fit and I don't have to listen to it. And then I just kind of moved over and I was able to just really kind of embrace the girls and let him parent them. It's amazing. It truly is. It is. And I get that you come in and you want to take care of these kids and make sure that they have everything and help them grow up to be fine, outstanding young people. Right. But it's not our job. Right. Well, and at the beginning, I, and and maybe it is naturally women that do it. I've seen my husband do it a little bit because he does not approve of how my ex parents. But I think as women, naturally, we like want to come in and be like, okay, I'll do this, this, and this. And I mean, I even like for, for read me week, I was getting costumes ready and all of this stuff. And I was like, I, I don't have to do this. Mm -hmm. This is not, this is not my job. Right. Yes, it's not. But if you enjoy doing it, that's different. Right. Yeah. And like something came up 
last week where one of them, one of his girls had to go to the dentist and I didn't feel obligated. I said, I offered to take her and I didn't feel like I was being used or a babysitter or like everyone else is working. And so it all lands on Jacqueline. I did it because I wanted to. Mm -hmm. And even that, like I had no animosity towards it. Whereas in the past I might have, because I would have felt like the glorified babysitter. Right. So did you tell your husband, Hey, I found this nacho kids thing. Yes. So I even sent him an invite to your group. And he was like, Jacqueline, I am not into all of this. You just tell me what you learn (laughs) and there. And I was like, no, I really want you to do like, you don't have to listen to podcasts. You don't have to, you know, do all this stuff, but there are definitely times where he has stepped in and like overstepped my parenting. Mm -hmm. And so finally one day he was going, he, I don't think he still ever accepted it, but he was going, okay, so I still don't understand what nachoing means. And so finally he even started moving towards it. And he was going, I understand that I can't care more than the parents Mm -hmm. because he, he, my ex-husband works a lot. He is not like overly big on parenting to a degree. And so like my daughters, of course, don't have a bedtime over there and they're not forced to, you know, clean their room every week or anything like that. And so I don't remember what it was, but he, he said something or did something and then that's when I, I was going, you like you're overstepping and you're caring way too much. And so I think you need to learn how to start taking it down a notch. And so he he knows the general premises of nachoing. But since we both have kind of started doing it, then it has relieved so much pressure on both sides. And that's great. Yeah. On one of your pod, and I don't remember who it is, who it was on one of your podcasts, They mentioned, and then you reiterated that, would you be okay with getting a divorce over your child, your stepchild not eating spaghetti that night? Mm -hmm. And so that's always a reminder to me where I go, okay, would I be okay with getting a divorce because I got mad that the ex-wife did not recognize me as the stepmom or would I be okay with getting a divorce and letting a a dinner in between my relationship? And so that has caused me to really step back and realize what is an actual issue and what is something that I can step back from and allow him to handle. Right. Yes. And did you notice a difference with the kids once you started nachoing? Yeah. Even my stepdaughter's, Like they will tell me things. We have conversations. We chat. They had kind of started back talk. They're kind of getting to that age where like they're starting to back talk, but they don't even do that with me anymore. Awesome. Yeah. And so we kind of had like an issue recently where we were like talking about just kind of different things. And so I think they're now learning that they can talk to me and that I'm a safe space not necessarily a parent 
that's going to go, oh, you you shouldn't do that. Mm -hmm. And then my middle child is really big into sports. And I grew up not playing sports. And so my husband and her will even like chit chat about sports or he'll go out there and play basketball with her. And so it has, it's allowed us both to really grow within the family instead of trying to force a nuclear family when we're not. Right. And do your kids ever come to you and say, but mom, it's not fair because whatever they call your husband, his kids don't have to do this. Yes. So, of course, it goes back to food. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine that. His kids don't have to eat Brussels sprouts. Yes. And, like... When it's our weeks, sometimes the girls, his ex-wife will take one somewhere. And so maybe for like a special dinner. And so, again, my middle child is like, they've gone out to eat three times this week and we don't get to do that. And I was like, but they're not my children. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to spend that. And I I like to cook at home. Yes. (laughs) There's a lot of you guys and you're expensive for one. And then also, I think I can't remember what food it was, but I was like, you know, here, here's your choice. I think I made like chicken Parmesan or something. And so my middle child will not eat meat because my oldest child told her one time that chicken nuggets were pink paste or whatever. So she has decided she will not eat meat. (laughs) So I have to. Like if I made chicken Parmesan, she would have just noodles and spaghetti sauce, but she's still eating kind of what we're, what we're all eating. Right. One of his girls had something different and she was going, why is that? And I was going again, like, these are my rules as your mother and they might have different rules, but at the end of the day, this is important to me. Mm -hmm. So we've had, had a little bit of it. Does he say the same thing to his kids? I don't think... Oh, wait a minute. Never mind, because they're not having to eat the stuff. Probably he's a little lax on chores, too, I'd say. Um. So I, what we did, and I felt like this was really good, especially with him being girls. My oldest, especially with him being a boy and about to move out, which we're like counting down the days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it is time. But his room is always a mess. And so my husband will always say something about that. But girls, I, we all sat down. Well, me and the girls sat down and said, okay, what are you willing to do chore-wise? And how much do you think that is worth? And so they wrote up their own plan and they told me what they were worth. And then I could counter with that or approve it. And so they stay fairly on top of it, but my husband is, is pretty good about going, okay, you've like, because his girls in particular will just throw clothes all over the place. And so they are responsible for putting their clothes away. And he usually will enforce that. Mm -hmm. How do y'all handle things around the house? Are your kids given chores to do? say outside of their room? So two of them, and they alternate, 
a pair of the sisters. One will do the kitchen, let they'll clean the entire kitchen counter Swiffer. And then the other pair of girls will do their bathroom and then they'll swap it out the next week because they all share the same bathroom. And so that's really helped to a, it alleviates pressure off me, but that way they don't feel like one pair is stuck doing something easier. They're alternating each time they're here. Yes. We try and make it as fair as possible. (laughs) So when it's his kid's turn to clean the bathroom, do you remind them? Yes. (gasps) Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. No, that's okay. Go ahead. But it works for you. That's okay. Well, and I'll set a timer on Alexa. And so they all get up. It's so they all kind of are reminded, whoops, I'm still learning. (laughs) No, here's the thing. If that works for you, stick with it. Okay. You notch the things that are causing stress to you and the blend. True. Okay. The stepkids aren't saying, we're not going to do that, Jacqueline. Or they're not just ignoring you. If they were then that's where you would need to step back because it's going to stress you out. Right. And then you would say, hey, honey, when you get a chance, can you clean the bathroom? Right. And he would say, you mean my sweet babies didn't clean the bathroom like they're supposed to? (laughs) And and then he can decide whether he wants to clean the bathroom or tell them to do it. Exactly. No, everyone is pretty good. I I mean, it always works like going, okay, I'm putting a 15-minute timer on. You have 15 minutes to wrap up whatever you're doing, and then everyone will usually get up and start moving. And does he back you up with that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever had them come to you and say, you're not our mom? So I had only one time. I don't even think we were married yet. And we had just gotten back, I think, from a softball game. And so it was kind of late. And I told the young, the youngest wanted to stay up and watch TV. And I said, no, your dad said it's time to start getting ready for bed. It's late. And she said, you're not my, and I said, you better not finish that sentence. (laughs) Well, we were dating at the time and I said, you need to fix this right now. And he immediately went in there. I don't know what even was said. I was not a part of that conversation. But aside from that, we've never had any issues like that. That's good. I would probably lose my mind. <laughs> and I don't think, now that I'm thinking back, <laughs> I don't remember my stepkids ever saying that to me. They would just ignore me. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so if I would say, hey, you need to do whatever, they would just ignore me, which of course made me mad and I would holler at them. And this was pre-nacho, of course. and. Yeah. Then, of course, once I started nachoing, I remember David told one of them to do something one day, and he said, is this coming from you or Lori? (laughs) Because they're not stupid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and now we've gotten to where, like, if, I, I can't remember what was happening, but someone kind of, one of his kids, like, had an attitude, and, oh, she didn't want to go to, the youngest didn't want to go to practice, Because at mom's, she is given the option. And so, of course, she was trying to do that over here. And so I was going, you need to, you need to take care of this. This is not, 
I don't mind taking her, but at the end of the day, I'm not going to fight with her either. So you need to, to handle this. And he's pretty good with my middle child. Or if the two, my two girls start fighting, he'll usually get me and I'll take care of it. So we've gotten pretty good about that and not overstepping that part. And it takes practice. It does. And there was one time recently, I think it was two weeks ago, and the middle child was not getting up and doing something as quickly as I had told her to. And so he immediately like forgot what he was doing and was trying to parent and was going, okay, well, you're grounded from this and you're not doing this. And I was going, okay, back up. Like you're, you're not nachoing. And so we were able to sit down and discuss it later. And he was going, I know this is the first time that I've messed up on this in a long time. It's a learning process. And I was going, I completely get it. I'm like, I'm glad that you recognized that you were not nachoing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's definitely a learning process for both sides. Yes. And it's good that y'all were doing it together. Right. Yeah, because at the beginning, it it was really like me trying to walk this path, but then him still having these expectations. And so there was one day, because me and the ex-wife both have blonde hair, and we're always mistaken for each other, which just grinds my gears. Uh-huh. So at the, one of the soccer coaches thought that I was mom and I said, no, I'm not mom. And so later on we were talking and I was like, I feel like the glorified babysitter. And I think that was the first time I had said that to him and he was going, I, I don't even understand. But I think for a long time I would interject myself and want to be a part of things, but then feel like I was being used at the same time mm-hmm. and would really kind of step back and go, okay, this is what I want to do. And you guys, you know, are two fully capable adults. Then that feeling has not crossed my mind again. And that's great. Do you have any interaction with Bio Mom? No. Once I found your podcast, I really learned where I had overstepped at the beginning and maybe looked like I was being high conflict. Mm -hmm. And so there was an instance where right when I found and really started implementing nachoing, her mother had posted a photo of my husband on her page and, and tagged him. And I was going, Hey, you know, that's not really cool. I'm sure that's not okay, you know, your boyfriend seeing this, you know, your ex-husband pop up on your your mom's timeline. Can we just agree that this is not okay? And so she would not respond to me. And she texted him and was livid that I cared that much that her family were, was posting photos of him, even a memory. And so I realized that she would never come to me if she ever had conflict. And so I sent her a text probably like a week later. And I said, you know, I'm really learning like nachoing. And I just want to apologize. I know when I'm wrong. And I want to apologize for 
like overstepping in the beginning. That was not okay of me. Mm -hmm. I do not want any type of three-way text. I don't want communication. However, know that I respect you as their mother. And so all she responded back was that her sister was a stepmother and she always kind of sees my side. And that was basically it. And since then, I will not have any form of communication with her. I even like at events, I sit away. Mm -hmm. If she's up, I will walk away. I just, I don't want any form of communication. Right. And that's okay. Yeah, that's, that's what I want. And I'm like, I'm not going to try and do this anymore. (laughs) Right. And what about your ex and your husband now? They don't have any communication, right? And they don't really run into each other. At my son's graduation party, we actually held it at, at our house. And I asked him if that was okay if he felt comfortable with me inviting my ex-husband and his side of the family. And he was really great during it, but I have two living rooms. And so really my side of the family was in one living room (laughs) and then my ex was in the other. Hey, it worked. (laughs) But yeah, it, it went off without a hitch. So aside from that, they don't really have any communication, even at like sporting events we don't really see him. Right. You were talking about being in a group text. Yes. And I get wanting to know what's going on. Mm -hmm. I was never in a group text with the ex, but if I knew David talked to her, I'd say, what'd she want? Exactly. Yep. What'd she say? And I can't think of a time that whatever he told me didn't upset me. Exactly. I feel that all the way down to my bones. Yes. And the thing is, you want to know what's going on, but you don't need to. It's like I told David once I said, look, every time I know she contacts you, I want to know what it was about. But then when you tell me, I get mad. Mm -hmm. So don't tell me anymore. And he said, really? I said, yeah. Unless it affects me, I don't need to know. Yeah. And that's kind of what I said as well. We had like an instance where she just went through a breakup and she divulged like details to him where I felt like that was overstepping, which again goes back to her text where it's like, no, you don't really kind of see my side, but that's okay. Yeah. And even because he did tell me that, because of course I was like, well, I need to know. I need to know these details. And I immediately could feel myself getting angry. Mm -hmm. So yes, I I completely get that 100%. Yes. And I know the other day, David said something to me about one of the kids. And I said, oh, I didn't know that. And then I'm thinking, should I have known that? (laughs) Did I want to know that? Yeah, it's a a tightrope walk of, I want to know, yet every time I hear stuff, I get mad. Right. Yeah, so don't tell me. Just don't tell me. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) And thankfully, my stepkids are old enough now where no longer living at home. And I can message them and say what's going on. 
Exactly. Yeah. One of them, he's so funny. He has been through so many stages. And one day I told him, I said, you used to call me all the time and you don't anymore. He said, well, we just don't have that much in common. I said, really? (laughs) He said, yeah. Then he messaged me one day and I said, he wants something. And then he proceeds to tell me, I started my own YouTube thing. Will you go subscribe? (laughs) I don't know, man. I don't feel like we have that much in common for me to subscribe to your YouTube video. Right. And he's like, low, low, because that's what he calls me. He's like, low, low, no, stop. (laughs) But he's in Germany. He's in the Air Force. He hasn't been home for several years. He considers me an extension of his dad. He feels like anything he tells his dad, his dad will tell me. That's true. Mm -hmm. But David doesn't, because David doesn't think about it. Right. It's kind of like, and tell me if y'all are like this. Or if you know other people that are like this, if David goes to lunch with somebody, he doesn't think to tell me. Yeah. If I go to lunch with somebody, I tell him. Right. Well, he he <laughs> will tell me, but then I'll want to know. I don't know if it's like just the generic Southern in me where I'm like, well, tell me all the tea. Like, what are they up to? What's going on? How is their marriage? What? And I want to know like details. Yes. But, and he. I didn't ask any of that. And I'm like, what did you talk about? Everything but that. Yeah. I need details. Yeah. David said something the other day about somebody buying some land. And I said, well, did you find out this? And he's like, no. I'm like, (laughs) did you ask this? No. And he said, next time, just come. Right. (laughs) And he'll tell people who say, I'm so glad my wife came today. So I don't have to try to remember what this conversation was about. Exactly. So I'm not taking notes the entire time. Yeah. And it's like, are we just nosy? (laughs) Oh, I I know that I am. I know I am too. But I also think that women, we're talkers. Right. And if I didn't tell David, oh, I went to lunch with the representative of whatever company today, then I felt like I'm keeping something from him. Right. Whereas with him, he's like, he doesn't think about it. It's, I'm having lunch. It's a business lunch. I don't need to tell you who it's with. Or, I mean, it's not like he's hiding anything, but just our perception of that is completely different. Oh, I completely agree. Yeah. How long have you been nachoing? Really, I would say this year. Okay. I've been nachoing for a good solid few months. Okay. Are you having any struggles with it other than the normal struggles of trying to change your role? I don't feel like I'm struggling now. There are still times where I think I struggle. I And, and maybe this is because of how toxic my marriage was where I go, you know, you, you guys actually wanted to get married. <laughs> You guys wanted to get married and you had all these memories. And am I just the second? And if I allow myself, I can really start messing with myself Uh as far as that. And whereas he's like, I don't even understand where this is coming from. And I'm like, well, I was out there pulling weeds in the yard and it made me think of this. And then it made me think of that. And then... (laughs) I've just realized that I'm your second. And so I think that is really just, it's that. 
But he's your second too. That's true. But we don't talk about that. <laughs> That's because he doesn't care. <laughs> That's totally different, Lori. Yeah, I know. Isn't it funny? You can go to put air in your tire. And all of a sudden, that 20 seconds you're filling that tire up, all this stuff pops in your head. Yes. And then it spirals. I I really have to force myself to stop. Yes, you do. I don't know. You've never been in the academy, have you? I have not. Okay. One of the things that we do in the academy is the boot camp, of course, and that kind of teaches you how to nacho. And it also puts things in perspective a little bit as to understanding the blend. And then we have the change your stinking thinking challenge. Girl, I love that. I had so much fun creating that because we talk about automatic negative thinking, the spiraling thoughts, thinking positive instead of negative, just it's completely a self-improvement, self-development type thing. That's awesome. Well, and I I am huge in personal development. And so I know how, like, I'm very aware. And so I would go, I can't, and maybe it was when I was in the group text where, like, I would see the name pop up or even, like, recent there was kind of like some banter back to back at a game. And I was like, this feels icky to me. And so when I stopped the three-way text to where it's not in my like forefront all the time, then I was able to really kind of start going, okay, Jacqueline, like this is just something going on in your brain and it's not the truth. Right. And that's one of the things is you have to ask yourself these questions, but you have to recognize these thoughts and not just let them take control because you do have control. Exactly. And I know there was a point in time where after my mom died, I was having these really um, bad, like, um, I guess, regret with our relationship and I would honestly have to tell myself, Lori, stop. Yeah. I mean, I would say it out loud. I, it didn't matter where I was. <laughs> I know people were like, what in the world is wrong with that girl? But I, I knew if I didn't do that, that the next thing you know, it was going to be, I'm a crappy daughter, blah, blah, blah. And then you're depressed. Right. One thing I learned, I went through Codependency Anonymous And one thing that I learned through that was to like set up reminders on my phone. And so I, at one point I had alarms going off like every couple hours and it would say like, you are worthy, you're, you are enough, you are loved. And so even like those small, quick reminders also helps go, okay, like this is all in your head. You have to stop yourself. You are worthy. You are here for a reason. You can move through this. Yes. I know my son, when he was little and could talk on the way to daycare every morning, I would say, repeat after me, I am loved. He'd say, I am loved. And I'd say, I am worthy. And he'd say, I am worthy. And I'd say, I am favored. He'd say, I am favored. And um, sometimes it sounded like flavored, but <laughs> we did that every morning. And it's because I wanted him 
to start his day off with that positiveness. Right. That's awesome. And we need to do that for ourselves. Yes. It amazes me how critical and hateful even that we talk to ourselves. I completely agree. And it happens just so quickly. Yeah. I know the other day I did something. I was like, that was stupid, Lori. And I was like, no, don't say it was stupid. Don't say it was stupid. <laughs> it's like, well, I don't know what other word to use. And then I was like, that that was a learning experience. There we go. That was a learning experience. That's my thing now. And yeah. we have to be aware of how we speak to ourselves. If your husband talked to you the way you talk to you, you wouldn't be with him. Right. That is such a good way to look at it. And I don't know why we beat ourselves up so much. Could you imagine going on a job interview and they said, okay, Jacqueline, tell us a little bit about yourself. And you're like, well, I'm a crappy mom. <laughs> uh, you know, I suck as a stepmom. I can't cook. I don't like to clean. And you tell, you, you started spilling out all this stuff that you say to yourself. You know, I'm stupid half the time, whatever. They're going to be like, why are you even here? <laughs> you need yeah. help. You need to go home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But once you realize that you can control that thinking and you can do things to improve your thinking with practice, it's it's awesome. Right. Yes. And I'm not saying it makes your life perfect. Right. But you can find the silver lining a lot of times that you never would have tried to find before. Well, and that was one thing that I... Being, I guess, kind of growing through like my work and realizing that I could do so much more than what I was capable of. And then coming into stepmomhood, I have realized so much more that I am capable of just by being put in this role that I never thought was possible. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I know. You've only been blending for three years, which honestly, you could say, you know, you reset when you got married and your two is the hardest for most people. Yeah. But since you are so big into personal development, I have no doubt that you're not going to have as many struggles as other people that don't have that desire to do the personal development will have. Right. And being a stepmom teaches you things that nothing else in this world could ever teach you. I completely agree. There, I I talk to people who are not stepmoms, and they're like, "I could never do that." And I'm like, "It it is tough. I mean, every day is tough. However, it's also worthy at the same time." Yeah, I feel like that. I've aged a hundred years. Yes. My hair looks like it too. (laughs) Got to wash that gray right out of your hair. Yeah. But the wisdom that has come from this, and I feel like that, I don't know any other way to say this, but that I've matured. I agree. Because the Lori pre-Nacho, I would get mad at the dishes not being done, and I would be mad for two days. Right. Now, oh well. Yeah. Stop looking at them. What you focus on will grow. Yes, I completely agree. And sometimes it's hard not to focus on that stuff. Right. 
I have found personally that on my way home, if I'm thinking, I know those stepkids didn't do the dishes. When I walk in and they're not done, I'm like, "Uh uh-huh, I knew it. I knew it. (laughs) (laughs) But if you don't have that conversation with yourself and you come in and the dishes aren't done, it may make you angry. Right. But, But you can walk off. And guess what? When you come back, you know they're there. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to be angry. It's not a shock anymore. Right. And Dave and I laugh about how when I would get mad about the dishes, I would start doing the dishes and I would slam every cabinet. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do you know how much energy and time I wasted being angry about dishes? Right. Well, and that's how I was with socks. So they would leave socks all over the plate. Like they would just take off socks Uh. and it would drive me insane. So then I would kind of do the same thing where I'd be like, I'm just throwing these away. (laughs) And so then I was like, you know, all I can do is either tell my husband that they need to get their socks, put them in a pile, have him take them. And it's fine if they sit there. but me getting so angry and ruining my day over that is not okay. Right. Because just think about it. You're losing time with your kids because you're focused on a sock. Right. And I get it. I don't like feet. So socks are like, ugh, to me. Yeah. I remember I came in one day and there was a sock on the kitchen table. Oh my gosh. No. Yes. Oh. I walked back outside. I texted David. And I said, hey, when you get a chance, can you go get the sock off the kitchen table and clean the table? <laughs> right. Go buy a new kitchen table, please. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> then I came home, and there was a pair of underwear on the kitchen table. Oh, my gosh. Whether they were clean or not, don't know, didn't care. Right. But again... I would text Dave and say, hey, when you get a chance, can you get the underwear off the table? And there were points that he'd be like, there's underwear on the freaking table? (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah, surprise me too, buddy. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. (laughs) Yes. But we all have those things that bother us. Like for me, dishes bothered me until you are in a blend with five kids There's always dirty dishes, and you have to make that choice not to let that upset you. Yeah. We were talking to a couple at an event we went to, and they said, you need to promote your nacho stuff more as personal development. And I said, well, it is personal development, and they could use it for other things, but the basis is step families. And once the step parent or the bio parent, either one, starts doing the personal development that's involved in the nacho process, it changes everything. Right. And everybody. I completely agree. What are some benefits that you've noticed with you nachoing? Do you feel like that you're closer to your stepkids since you've started nachoing? I definitely do. I feel like that they've been able to talk to me more freely because they know that I'm not going to be judgmental or lay down the law or be any type of 
parent to them. Mm-hmm. And then with my kids, it's allowed me because at the beginning I was very much like, we are going to be a nuclear family. And if one kid can't go, then none of them can go. And we're going to eat dinner every night as a family and you're going to yes. enjoy it and Brussels sprouts and all. Yes. And we're all going to go. My, my daughters love ice skating and we're all going to go ice skating and everyone's going to have a good time. And so now it's allowed me to go, okay, if one of my kids want to watch a scary movie, it's okay if I go into another room and watch it with my kids because we adore scary movies. Or if one of my stepkids want to do something, you know, with their dad, then I don't feel like as if I'm being slighted or my kids are being slighted in any type of way. They can do that and spend that time together. Right. And it's important for you to have a long time with your kids and him to have a long time with his kids. Right. And if yeah, you want to try to have family game night, that's all hunky-dory. But if nobody wants to be there, it's going to be miserable. Right. And that's exactly how it was while I was like, okay, we are all going to be a family. <laughs> and so at one point, my husband was like, you're the one that wanted this. And I was like, well, it's okay for me to change my mind <laughs> because this is not working. Mm-mm. And it's hard to understand why until you really think about the dynamics. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, girl. Well, stay in touch and let us know how things go. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks. So there was a post in our Facebook group the other day. I think it was yesterday. And someone talks about being at a concert with their partner and their partner's child. And apparently this song came on and it was a sweet song. And they look, and their partner is singing it to the kid, their partner's daughter. Yeah, the kid. So it'd be like if me and you and Jackson were at a concert, Mm -hmm. and there was a sweet song, and I start singing it to Jackson. Mm -hmm. Well, you got mad because Mm -hmm. you were like, wait a minute. She should be singing this to me. I'm the love Mm -hmm. of her life. (laughs) Yep. And... So this person that posted in the Facebook group, I don't know if it was a girl or a guy, said it was just a reminder that they will never be a priority. Mm. Wait a minute, wait a minute. (laughs) And that they would always be second or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. I was really proud that a lot of the people responded and was like, wait a minute. There's nothing wrong with your partner doing that with their child. Yeah, not unless the child's like, 20 years old. <laughs> right. But that's a special moment, right? That's a good parent-child moment. Right. Yes, Minnie could understand how she felt left out or excluded. But way too often, I see the jealousy that a step-parent has with the relationship of the bio-parent and their kid. Yeah. And a lot of people, they were like, look. My kid comes first. Well, I wonder I wonder if she would, I say she, I don't know, just for the sake of discussion. I wonder if she would have looked at this as, okay, if we were married and that was our biological kid and he was singing to her, would I still feel the same way? No, they wouldn't. Right. And so a lot of people, 
also, like I said, brought up that, hey, my kid's first. And then somebody brought up how the marriage has to be first and then the kids. And um, they even talked about the Christian umbrella, you know, God, your marriage, and the kids. (laughs) And so anyway, a lot of people were like, it's not a competition. It doesn't mean that they don't love you less, but it's their kid. We have a responsibility to to these beings. Yeah. And they are part of us. Mm -hmm. And so, again, a lot of people are like, yeah, I love my kids more than my husband, more than my significant other. Or at least differently. Right. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I just I just don't look at it as we're playing in the same field. Right. Same game. You know what I'm saying? It's like mm-hmm. if you were if you were giving me all of your time and attention while you're here, but you're giving all your time and attention to your work while you're at work, I don't get jealous because you're doing stuff at work. I understand that's we're playing a different game here. Right. You you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. But I also know that the relationship that I have with Jackson is completely different than mine and your relationship, obviously. Yeah, should be very obvious. Right. (laughs) And so it's not a jealousy thing. Mm -hmm. It's not a competition. And if I saw you, say you had a daughter, we were at a concert, and this sweet song came on, and you started singing it to your daughter. I, I would look at it as that's so sweet. Yeah. Not as a oh, this is just a reminder that I'm not important, I'm not first, or I'll right. always be right. second. Blah blah blah. The I think the key to it is what story are you telling yourself? I think a lot of it just boils down to that because the story you tell yourself about what's happening and why you feel the way you do, it drastically impacts everything else. It doesn't matter the truth. Your story overrides truth. Yep. Even though it shouldn't, it does. So be careful of the story you tell yourself. Absolutely. It's important. Yeah. Well, it's kind of unfortunate that people only want you to jump on the bandwagon of how they feel versus giving you a perspective. Now, granted, there were some people that were like, oh, you're selfish. What's wrong with you? Blah, blah, blah. You know, that's name. There ain't no sense in that. Yeah. Name calling is not going to do anybody any good. Yeah. You know, I I agree people can feel any way they want to feel. It doesn't mean I have to agree that it's right they feel that way, but I can agree that they felt that way, and I can understand why they felt that way. There's no sense in me. (laughs) Yeah, most of the time. And there's no sense in me calling anybody names and all this kind of stuff. Right. Or anybody doing that. Right. So if you're at a concert with your partner, and they have their child there, and they are singing the sweet little song to their child, look at it as a precious moment with your partner and their child. Don't look at it as, I was left out. Yep. And just look around you and grab somebody else's kid and start singing. (laughs) (laughs) Or sing to the person standing beside you. Who knows? (laughs) Howl at the moon. (laughs) Howl at the moon. Oh, gosh. All right. Well, that's all for today, folks. Join us again next week. And remember, life is good. When you nacho and nacho and nacho and they boomerang and you nacho some more and you nacho some more and you nacho some more. (laughs) Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho.